So we've been putting it off for like three episodes now, I feel like. We have mentioned it. Like we've we're not we're putting it. it off, but consciously. Because it hasn't like made sense in the episodes that we're doing to uh, not relevant enough. Uh, but uh, for those of you who don't know or just tuning in, we do a little intro section and uh, talk about other stuff that we're watching. And uh, about like two weeks ago, I rewatched the entire Harry Potter cinematic uh, universe series. It's not really a universe. Like <laughs> the, the HPCU. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was good, man. Yeah, I rewatched those like a year or two ago and right. while i wasn't rewatching them having started this podcast with a new lens uh oh. every time you rewatch something you kind of do have a new lens you know and i remember thinking these movies feel like the last movies made before like every studio head was like nope uh wait maybe do this uh People I'd like, like to get this so involved. Uh, action scene, then joke. I mean, that's then... always been a thing, but it's always been a thing. But there's something about Harry Potter that just feels like uh, I don't know. It's just good. It's just a good adaptation of good books, and it's simple. Yeah. And it could have just been that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's something about J.K. Rowling, which I don't even want to talk about, but her uh, reputation has almost made it like. Ooh, Harry Potter is kind of... Uh. Yeah, like... But I still love it. Great to, I still love yeah. it. Well, the thing is, like, uh, I don't know, my friend Sophina, who actually did the podcast art for us. Love that um, art. Yeah, uh, she brought up, because we were talking about Harry Potter, and she recently reread the books, actually. And she was saying, like, the thing is, it doesn't belong to her anymore, really. Which is hard, yep. and I was texting you about this last night, actually. Uh, because it's hard because she still continually makes like hella fucking bank off of everything. Um, it's almost gotten to the point it. now where it's like fake money though. Like it's just monopoly money to her now. So I don't even She's really like give a fuck. Rich. I, I don't know. I mean like the rich shouldn't just continue getting richer. But no. Like er, Sophina's but... point was like the messages, wh- whether or not her intention in writing it the messages inherent in the story that you read or view are like good positive ones that help people that are like about accepting all t- all types of people and like finding hope and like pushing against hatred and like those are the themes of the of the thing so like yeah all the little things that people go wait a second she has one character who is asian named Cho Chang or three yeah. Cho Chang and then twins from India. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, like her name choices in some cases. And like, I've heard from people who are like Chinese being yeah. like, uh, that's kind of like, come on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, those are all little things that are obviously like just JK being not super all there. But her themes, right. as you said, uphold, like, they have held up, you know? Right. And um, it's like, isn't that, like, the whole, I, I might be just saying the wrong thing, but isn't that kind of like what, quote-unquote, death of the author is? It's like, yeah. the shit's still good. Fuck the person who made it, you know? Yeah, I've had so many, like, really 
thought-provoking discussions and sort of like uh i don't know analytical discussions and conversations about this thing in particular that i don't really particularly want to get into like on our public platform uh because i don't know like not because i'm scared of the views that i do hold but just because i don't really know where i stand on it um yeah there's not i haven't even dove into it much i just know that uh jk rowling is a little problematic and i grew up reading and watching harry potter um and uh, you know i will say too what's cool about harry potter and uh i i'm not referencing fantastic beasts at all when i say harry Potter. potter okay cool uh what's cool about harry potter was like it taught us how to read and then it taught us how to watch movies yeah because they for us like the books were coming out in like the late 90s and early 2000s which is when we were born and then the movie started coming out early 2000s which is when we started giving a shit about movies so like nerd writer has a great video on prisoner of azkaban yeah that'll be linked in the description for sure he also has a good video on the sounds of Harry Potter. Yeah. He has like three like Harry Potter videos, I think. And all of them are excellent because uh, all the movies have different things to appreciate about them, in my opinion. Yeah. And the progression uh, is pretty incredible of, of the movies. Like, I don't know. Th- to, to watch the first one and oh, man, then that like opening think scene about... with Dumbledore getting all the lights and... Oh Good my evening, God, Professor yeah. right. McGonagall. And you're like, what? And yeah. then the cat's shadow turns into... Yeah. Dude, I remember that shit so well. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, every moment of it is so iconic. I didn't remember the later movies as well, and I will say they're freaking awesome. I, I, I love them. Um, they're great they're uh, really good action movies. movies. Yeah, they're good like, action. Like, and that's the thing. It's like the first two are. I don't know. Th- this point has kind of been, you know, beaten to death. But uh, the first two are like Christopher Columbus, like magical, like kid finding out that magic exists, which is what the story needs. And then the third one is like when things start to turn and like get more emotional and like interesting and weird. And that's how it should be. And then when David Yates takes over from uh, the fifth movie on, it's like, that is ev- that's exactly what the series needed, you know? Dude, when they are, I think it's in um, seven part one in the yeah. beginning of the movie when they're flying through like London on brooms. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just one of my favorite things. It's just like, it's similar to the th- the scene in three with the bus, the night bus. Yeah. But there's just something with the direction of uh them flying like through actual car like i don't yeah. know there's just something it, about it that it feels, feels cool it feels grand too like there's so yeah. many of those moments that they build up to that are like cinematically like really incredible he does like david yates did some cool stuff in the first movie he was in in uh order of the phoenix the fifth one but by the last one you've got these like slow motion like you know using the wands against each other and they link i forget what that what that is called but you know the sort of magic link totally yes and the like zoom like like, close up through those like up through the wand to voldemort's face and he's shocked because using snape's wand didn't work and it like explodes on him and then the like wide shot uh, like symmetrical wide shot of him 
floating and just and like exploding these like like an electrical storm from these power lines. I know exactly the shot you're talking about because like, it's so dope. It's so or like in even in uh, the fifth movie, directional choices immediately apparent. Uh, when he, you know, because the movie like opens with him as most do at uh in the the Muggle world, the Dursleys, yeah, and there's just something so like like the there's a bunch of wide shots when they're running, it's like handheld, you know, yeah, when yep. him and Dudley are running, it's like it's still London, I think, but it it looks like he's in like Arizona or something, right. you know what I mean? Like there's just so many choices made that continue that make it like oh harry potter is real yeah this is real right you know what i mean totally um and the the last thing i want to touch on which i briefly alluded to was just how much harder the all of the themes and all of the like storyline stuff hits as an adult like understanding contextually governments and how worlds have worked and the experiences of the past like year like He's not back. Yeah, oh my god. I mean, I always understood, like, the fucking World War II, like, the Holocaust references of, you know, Voldemort to and the Death Eaters to the Nazis and that sort of stuff. But, like... But just, like, denial in general by your own government at something so apparently obvious. Yeah. And honestly made me a little bit even further. I mean, I'd already obviously made the connection to the rise of fascism in the United States right now. Um, but like it helped me realize that even further because I was like, oh, I link this stuff to the Holocaust and this stuff right now is reminding me of current politics. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, exactly. you know, um, but especially all of the, don- the denial stuff is, was really, really like not just like frustrating like it was before like oh umbridge you love to hate her like oh what a good villain but just genuinely like oh fuck you like oh infuriating yeah no i a hundred percent agree and that was me watching it before um this last year you know which kind of in it yeah. intensified all those feelings i think yep uh but man i think i need to rewatch them again again because they're that good yeah well uh maybe we'll touch on them again when you do but uh for now we should probably get into the black bean patty of our show Ooh. all those vegetarian listeners mouths watering and thumbs are sticking straight up at their <laughs> That's so I don't many know. thumbs. They appreciate right your up. black bean patty references. <laughs> yeah. So many thumbs. <laughs> You're listening to A New Lens. I'm Calvin. Uh, this is a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode. We're on season three, episode nine nightmares and daydreams this one's a really straightforward episode like i don't know i went into it kind of nervous i was not gonna like it i don't know why i think i didn't last time i watched it like years ago or whatever but i I went into it knowing what it was about being like i don't think i like this episode very much i think i left feeling that way <laughs> yeah i wasn't gonna follow up with the and that didn't happen because it didn't yeah it didn't fix 
n- there was stuff in it that I really enjoyed and f- had forgot about, but they didn't fix the uh, feeling of like, this is just like one last carefree episode before the good stuff. Right. It really does just feel like that. Like, one more and then the good stuff are coming, which can sometimes be great. Like, but this one, ah, there's just it's... something about it. Isn't yeah. There? There is. I don't know. Maybe we'll discover, like, as we break it down beat by beat, uh, some clues along the way. But uh, we should do a general recap first. Yeah. So, basically, this episode is, as you said earlier, pretty straightforward. It's a few days before the day of Black Sun. And um, the gang has arrived on this island that Sokka and his dad kind of figured out on a map. Like, this is a great spot to rendezvous because... It's in the Fire Nation, but basically hidden from the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang is freaking out because he realizes in that moment, yo, the invasion is in four days. I don't even know firebending. I need to train. And it prevents him from being able to sleep. Throughout the episode, we have a sequence or a series of dreams, uh, all kind of referencing different styles of like anime. And um, basically, they are of Aang dreaming that... Something ridiculous happens when he goes to face the Fire Lord. Uh, we'll get into those uh, naturally in the episode. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, we've got a little plot line with Zuko uh, in the Fire Nation for the first time embracing uh, being Prince Zuko. I think that's the most basic way to tell his side of the story, and we'll mm. dive deeper into that too. Um, but yeah, we basically see for the first time him being like, I am prince. I'm going to do the princely things. Um, then, in a princely way. In a princely way. Uh, and then uh, the episode kind of ends with Aang and the gang really, well, the gang helping Aang uh, mm. overcome some anxieties and fears uh, and allowing him to get a night of sleep before this invasion um i think that's a pretty good recap i didn't spoil yeah. anything i don't think i missed anything huge it's a it's a simple episode it really is and to be totally honest you could probably just erase this one i think that's the thing that makes it a little bit like wait yeah you know whenever an episode feels like you could just totally erase it and you wouldn't even notice yeah that kind of makes me a little like eh. i mean you but i notice. still i, I feel like watching it, it gives which is interesting. I feel like the most important part of the episode, like for the overall show, is context for Zuko, which is the B plot of the episode. Like I feel like that is and mildly more important, but not enough storyline to be the the like A plot of this. It episode. feels smart, I'll say. Yeah. Like having this like little B plot be like the actual important shit because, sure. um. I guess saying that is almost a spoiler, but if you're an adult watching the show, it's clear that that shit is more important than Aang's silly dreams. But, like, as a kid watching it, you can almost forget... It's easy to forget Zuko's, like, little subplot in this episode because it's such a simple episode. Right. So if this stuff comes back later, it's going to be like, oh, my God, they referenced that in the episode that I didn't even really think about. Yeah. Which is cool. That's cool. But it is... Very simple, and you know, I I do like. I mean, what they're setting out to do with this episode that could be pretty much uh, deleted and not, you know, affect anything. I like that they're trying to address like the anxieties he's having, and uh, I think with that, let, let's 
dive into the episode. Um, I love this first shot. Maybe my favorite. Me too. Maybe my favorite aspect of the episode is like the first shot and the like the the last uh, last shot linking up in the way that they do. Uh, we see all of these koala sheep uh, all asleep in a herd. Um, and we get context, you know, we pan up and see the gang and Sokka's explaining that this is the rendezvous point, uh, to meet up with their dad and the rest of the crew for the day of Black Sun. It's, uh, like you said in your recap, you know, it's nice and secluded. There's a little bay for ships that's surrounded by cliffs, so it's not obvious. It's, uh, it's a good thing. And it's, it's nighttime. They're arriving there. I assume they're like traveling in nighttime to not be discovered, you know? Um, Makes sense. But they get there and they start to go to bed. And someone mentions, uh, I think it's Katara says, yeah, we've got four more days to the invasion. And Aang's like, what? The in- the invasion's in four days? Um, and Sokka's like, yeah, it'll be fine. And he just like goes right the fuck to sleep. <laughs> um, Classic. But yeah, I like that sort of jarring moment for Aang where it's like, you know, we've all been there where you're like, I mean, large, You've got four large days scale until or your chest scale, or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? Or like four even, days until you start your new job, or... yeah. Or or even like you know, today, you know, I I've got to be there at four o'clock. <gasps> it's three o'clock already. You know, like I don't know, totally. Like everybody knows that feeling to some capacity, but this kid is feeling it about the fate of the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. This episode. Um, does the most of is like bringing his fate of the world problems into a context that any kid understands, right. you know, which al- it almost lightens his shit, mm-hmm. but it, it, I like it because it kind of, sh- it's one of those, like everybody's shit is hard to deal with, yeah. you know, right. Which right. is cool. So this first dream, yeah. is this when, yeah. when this first dream kicks in? Yep. Aang does drift off to sleep, even though he's initially struck with this anxiety. <laughs> it's so anime. I love he bursts in looking like fucking Goku from Dragon Ball Z. He's got the huge the, hair. The, uh, like, cinematography. Uh, what would be the word for it? The movement of the camera, you know? Yeah. Is so, uh, it's blocked like anime, too. Oh, Just yeah. the amount of... Whoosh, right like i don't even have 100%. to do movement for our audio listeners that sound is all you need that is what it is <laughs> yeah right and i like you know we've talked about before you know when you're already in an animated world how do you deal with things like people drawing each other you know like the yeah. wanted posters and stuff like that which i think is really interesting and like how do they dream about themselves because dreams are you know, difficult to explain, and I feel like everybody experiences them a little bit different, but it seems like unanimous that dreams are, like, a little bit off and a little bit exaggerated and, like, you know. These dreams nail it, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and because, like, him having hair is weird to him, so his hair is, like, elevated, you know what I mean? Exactly, yes, no, a hundred... Yes. So I, Sorry. I like that. I got too oh, excited no. about the hair thing because it. Yes. Hundred first time. He bursts into this massive fire lord, like he's you know like uh, in Samurai Jack. The uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Aku. I don't yeah. remember his name. Aku, Just that giant. Oh yeah. Who was? I think it is. Uh, also 
I think we've touched on this in the show, but who was also played by Mako, who played Iroh, and then replaced by um, uh, he who shall not be named. <laughs> just because I don't have his name up, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, sorry, dude. I'm not his name. Sorry, I dude. think his last name is Baldwin. Yeah, but uh, like, he did a I good love... job, but you know, we've already talked about I it. I like how Aang, thing, uh, yeah. as Goku, basically, like, whew, whew, like dances up. Like, right. he like does these, like, very Dragon Ball Z. You know how in Dragon Ball Z, when they're running, they like barely touch each foot to like the top of a mountain. Yep. Just whoo, whoo, whoo. <laughs> right. that's like how he enters this. And I also like how this cave. It looks a lot like uh, Mount Doom from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it does. Yeah, sort of. It a always reminds me of that. Like this is like hell. Like you know, Mount Doom is supposed to represent like the end all, be all. Like. The final thing, yeah. yeah, and this feels like they they almost I don't they know just if they took a book from homage uh, to that or if it yeah. just is you know the most daunting looking place you can think right. of you know just inside of a volcano. <laughs> I love when you first see this giant fire lord. He's eating grapes like some like tyrant yeah. king, <laughs> um, and comes in. He's like, "Your days of tyranny are over." And uh, the this exaggerated Fire Lord, played by Mark Hamill, um, which is great, says, Ah, but how are you supposed to fight me without any pants? And then Aang looks down. He's not wearing any pants. And uh, the Fire Lord laughs at him. And uh, I, I love he wakes up from this dream and like starts immediately patting down his entire lower body to make sure that he's... <laughs> Fully wearing pants, like he checks like the pants are every the inch of his here. every inch of his legs too. Um, like when he immediately touches his thighs and there's that's not enough, you know, pants. He's got to keep checking. Uh, yeah, and Momo's there checking on him, and he's like, "It's okay." Um, I gotta like keep training. I think part of what is off-putting about this episode, and they do a better job with it later, but like. Aang is not losing, I mean, like, in the context of the story, it doesn't, to me, make sense that Aang would be losing sleep over a dream where he gets to the Fire Lord and he's not wearing pants. You know, like, yeah, I he's think, not scared I because like... he's nervous, like, he might embarrass himself. He's scared because he could fucking die and the world is doomed. But yeah, also, it's so a kid I... processing these things. I don't know. I felt like it was just tr- like, you know, like you said, it, it deals with it better later. This first one, you're like, wait. But by the end of the episode, I think it's more like Aang is worried that anything could go wrong. Like the mm. littlest thing would be enough. Like he shows up and he forgot, like he references Toph using the bathroom later. I don't think that's right, a yeah. big thing to jump ahead with. But yeah. like he he might need to use the bathroom and be in the middle of a fight with the Fire Lord and be like, okay, I'm, I got to just piss my pants i guess you know like (laughs) i don't know like stupid little things like that i think i relate to that a lot just because i have like a very particular uh anxious brain that's similar to that where i'm like all right are we ready to go okay let me just go double check that i unplugged the heater and make sure that you know the tv isn't left on and the lights are off the iron in four years but let me make sure that it's not on Oh, there's still water in it. This could create like mold that you know we could breathe in, and yeah, yeah. Right. like, um, and then even later, he also at one point 
we see his dream, and then he wakes up and references like four dreams we didn't see. Right. Yeah. So I like yeah. to think that he's dreaming all through the night of all different fuck ups, and we're seeing the one that we would relate to the and no that pants are dream, digestible for kids too. You know. Yeah, like, we've all, as a kid and even as an adult, had yeah. dreams about that young age, like forgetting your pants or like, oh I god, mean, I'm naked yeah. in school. Ask any actor you know and they have had acting nightmares oh my god i'm not even like i wouldn't classify myself as an actor but when i've acted as like a kid like a little kid like being in a high school play yeah oh my god the amount of dreams i had where i forgot my lines and then looked down and i was naked or someone else forgot their lines and then all of a sudden i was in a different play that i didn't rehearse for and i'm like wait get me out of here yeah I'm I still doing have the lines about that. I'm going to be real with you. Everyone like looks at me and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm reading the right lines. What's going on? Yeah, or the, like you uh, think you're so at a rehearsal so and everyone's like, all right, put your scripts down. It's opening night. And you're like, right. wait, what? <laughs> oh, and they're like, yeah, God. we've all got our scripts memorized. And you're like, I don't even know my cue. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's specific. But I have that no, dream totally. a lot where like really? I have to come out and sing like a moment. And I'm waiting oh and like God. looking through a script for like the highlighted part and being like, where are we in the script? Oh, God. That is like a common dream for me. Yeah. So everyone Sorry knows for those sensation. listeners. Um, <laughs> they're like, what the fuck? Uh, but so after this first dream sequence, we get our first check in with Zuko and he's experiencing life as a prince for the first time. Like our opening is this transition with, you know, the camera right up on, uh, what probably like silk robes, uh, is the vibe you get, uh, pulled away from the camera, you know, like you're, you know, the transition shot I'm talking about. Yes, um, and it's great. Uh, and it's pulled away and, and then wrapped around him. He's got like four servants around him. And they offer him food. They offer him a foot rub, a head massage. And he's like, no, I'm okay. Like he's he's very humble about it, which is cool because this does not feel like the Zuko we knew in season one, how he would respond. He would be like, yes, give me the food. Rub my feet. You know, he'd, he'd be totally. thick about it. But he's very humble about it. He's like, no, I'm I'm all right. Thank you. No, that's okay. And then someone offers him a, a hot towel is the last thing. And he's just, he, he indulges himself. You know, he's being very humble, but then he sees and he's like, that looks kind of nice. That sounds kind of nice. This is actually, yeah. this is, this is kind of cool. And you know what? Yeah. Fucking, if someone every morning came into my room with a tray of hot towels, I'd be like, fuck yeah, that sounds, that sounds dope. Um, so I get it. Uh, and then he goes to his front, like, gate, out, like, leaving the Royal Circle. And there's, like, a bunch of fans. Like, there's citizens of the Fire Nation waiting to, like, call out to him. And he smiles at them, and, like, one of them steps up and is like, ah, ah, and then is taken away, which, yeah, kind of terrifying. <laughs> because she didn't it even, is, like, but... foaming mouth guy. She just, like, no. stepped forward. I'm glad that they show it with a slight comedic light, because, like, it is just fucked up. And that's, yeah. like, one... But Zuko is, at least in this moment, kind of feeling like... I like that he's... Got a little smile on his face, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, hey. like, Just like, huh. Because, oh, yeah, like like you said, like if he would have returned 
season one, he would be returning with like a, ha, I've got my yeah, honor right. back. Yeah, but now right. he's like, what's going on? And then as he's realizing what's going on, he's like, maybe, is this bad? Is like, it... I don't know. I kind of like this. Uh, this is kind of yeah, cool. And like, nice. I don't know. I, like, I don't feel like his smile is a sinister one. It feels like him just like trying to appreciate this lifestyle the best he can, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, his servants come up with a palanquin, those that like huge thing that the servants like lift up and walk along while royalty sits upon it. You know what I'm talking about? If uh, you haven't seen the episode, it's you know like uh, royalty get to sit down and are carried. Uh, the around. Earth King had it. Yeah, had yeah, 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 totally. Uh, and the servants are like, uh, "Sir, you, you're." You left without your palanquin. Like you're, you're not supposed to walk anywhere. And he's like, "Oh, it's just a short distance. I'm just going to see May, his girlfriend." And they're like, "Well, it's it is not the uh, prince's responsibility to walk anywhere to like set foot or I forget the exact phrasing." But he's like, "All right, fine." And he gets in, and there's like a five ten second shot of them just like like walking like. 30 feet over to May's yeah. house and she comes out and smiles at him. Uh, we cut back and Aang has stayed up since waking up from his nightmare and he is just furiously punching this tree. Just um, and I like seeing uh, Aang train without bending sometimes. It's kind of yeah, cool. Just like totally. this dude could kick your ass without even bending, you know? Right. Reminds me of Ip Man. Uh, I just watched totally that, rewatched that series and like you know the With way the wooden... he uses the the spikes yeah and like and like the way Ang is practicing forms and stuff like that's part totally. of all of this uh, I like the inclusion of that yeah it's really cool um, I also like the fact that they we've pointed this out before but like his hair consistently grows like it could just yep. be he has hair now and this is what it looks like. But his hair looks distinctly longer than the last time we saw it, which is distinctly longer than the time we saw it before that. Um I just I love that so much. It's and now it's to a point where it's like actually sort of spiking up in individual uh strands and stuff. But they notice Aang overtraining or well, you know, punching the tree and Katara's trying to tell him like there's such a thing as overtraining. Um and <laughs> Aang's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he punches the tree and, like, freezes. And there's that wave that goes through him. Like, and then all of the leaves from the tree fall down. Um, I just like that comedic moment. Aang basically says, I'm going to stay up all day and keep training. Like, I have so much to learn. I don't even know firebending. And they're all kind of like, okay, man. So he spends all day training. He starts to go to bed. And I uh, I would like night. to oh, quickly interject. And Sokka explains, you don't need to learn firebending. Since all the firebending right. will be turned off during the eclipse, there's no point right. in you even having learned it. I think that's so cool. Like that they've come that's up with point. this idea. And it just so happens to work out that Aang still hasn't learned firebending for this ex- the execution of this plan. Like it's fine. He doesn't right. have to redirect fire. He's not going to have to do anything. Like, it won't work. So, I don't know. Yeah. To me, that yeah. moment really stuck out. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, it would totally... Yeah. This totally is, like, the 
I don't know, like the free, like, oh, hey, there's a button here that just ends the war, guys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right. It seems pretty serendipitous. Yeah. Serendipitous. Uh, Aang eventually decides to stop training. He comes to bed and he's saying like, good night, Katara. Good night, Sokka. Good night, Momo. Good night, Appa. And then that little cartoon bubble of Toph. <laughs> Go to bed, Aang! <laughs> uh, I just like that little, uh, like, uh, stylistic choice. And then this next dream, uh, he's got way more outfit. His hair is even bigger. And he's got these, like, chains, which are aesthetically still, like, very anime. And then you realize they're, like, locked to keep his pants on. <laughs> yeah, that cracked me up, uh, man. Because it li- man. you really do think when he walks in, like, ooh, dope anime ooh, outfit. Yeah. But, like, it literally all is just locking his pants just to him. <laughs> making sure his clothes don't go anywhere. Um, And he's like, I've got pants this time. And the Fire Lord's like, very well. But did you prepare for your mathematics test? And he's oh no, I completely forgot about the pulls test. out an abacus. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, yeah, Aang uh, wakes up from this again. He's not able to get some uh, successful sleep. Uh, Aang is just training again and like uh, just working himself to death. And he's got these massive red eyes. Um, just the, the way they show him get progressively more and more tired and the way they like elevate his animations in specific moments to like show how kind of unhinged he's getting that, uh, the chase tired guy, the tired animations. This is way different. This is like manic, you know? Yes, exactly. At this point, we cut back over to Zuko who is with May in her, uh, apartment or house or it wouldn't be an apartment. It's a royal house. Um, and they're just chilling on the couch. And she's like, I forget how it comes about. But she's like, yeah, I'd love a fruit tart, right? He's like, if you could have anything you want. She's like, I'd have a fruit tart covered in rose petals. And Zuko just tells the servants to get that. He's like, hey, get me a fruit tart filled with rose petals. And, they, and the servants like, excellent choice. <laughs> it's like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> did we shit. have like a menu of things that we were picking from that may, like, I don't know. Just because right. it's like a choice, like he just comes back immediately with it. Like he can, you, he can choose anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, mm, that's so true. Literally like, everything in the world we could get you. <laughs> go make me a fresh chocolate bonbon, but instead of being filled with like a mint filling, fill it with like you know a custard filling made from custard from the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah, yeah right. Then, you know they just choice, be, okay. Yeah, right. Um, but as they're going off to collect that, May asks him about the all-day war meeting tomorrow. Because he's sort of musing on how it's kind of nice to be a prince, and she's like, yeah, but, you know, I, I suppose there's the other side, like, you got the all-day war meeting, and he's like, hey, uh, what? She's like, yeah, Zula told me about it. What's up? And he's like, I was not invited. Okay. Um. So, yeah, but we cut back to Aang, whose next nightmare is the the actual fire lord like the he looks exactly it's not this cartoonish one it's like he looks yeah, like, like a this fire one lord. jars me and it's the sort of thing where 
those other dreams were like very dream, you know, like you fall asleep, you yep. get to REM sleep, you have this bad dream. This is that sort of like half asleep, half awake sort of fucked up thing where you're like, I don't know the if this worst. is real or not. Ooh, man. And I've had, I have some stories about those personally, but um, this one Same. is clearly really fucked up uh, to Aang because the Fire Lord is there and he says, you missed the invasion. You overslept. And then he like flies up and he, he's on what looks cartoonish, but canonically in the world, this is exactly what they look like. That like hippo cow thing, but like a flying hippo cow. A flying, you remember? yeah. When uh, even the meat eats meat in the headband. And we saw one. You're right. Yeah. I forgot that. Because exactly I remember like, like thinking, okay, this looks like something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it like shoots fireballs. Right. God. Um, Aang wakes up in a fit again. And the gang is trying to be like, hey, calm down. Like you still have like two. The, the invasion's not for two more days. Um, and... He, Aang just starts flipping out and this is where we get co context that he's been having more dreams than the one that we're uh, the ones that we're seeing uh, he starts to say uh, Sokka you need to like start training your climbing and he's like but I'm a great climber and he's like well in my dream you uh, you were climbing and uh, you uh, were taken down you, or you fell you yeah you fell down and he's like I'm a perfectly fine climber. Like, I'm good. I don't need to train on that. And he's like, go climb that cliff then. Show me. Climb it fast. Sokka's like, <laughs> freaking avatar, stupid climbing. Like, I love the grumbling. <laughs> it's classic that he just goes with it too. <laughs> yeah, he just does it. He's not like, fuck off. He just does it. <laughs> yeah. Toph is drinking water and ang is like no stop in my dream you had to go to the bathroom and it lost us the battle <laughs> it's like you're gonna deprive them of water for the next two days um i like that uh moment too because it's all it's always nice when they find an excuse for uh bending in a not like hey we need to bend right now like she got her water right. all over katara and katara just had to bend it off of her I don't know, little stuff like that. Right, just in like, a practical way. Livens yeah. up the world. Totally. And uh, Ang says Katara has to cut her hair because her hair got caught in a train. Um, uh, <laughs> and they're like, all right, <laughs> like you got to Like they're going to go to this invasion and a train will just inception through them, you know? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Ang is doing this, like, finger-touching, like, twitchy thing. And he's talking about how he feels like a snowball of nerves. Like, the more he thinks about how stressed he is, the more stressed he gets. Um... And so Sokka does not help at all. And he's like, it makes sense that you're stressed. You have to go fight the like most powerful firebender out there for the fate of the world. Like, that makes sense. Katara's like, can you shut up? Like, can you please? <laughs> you are not helping at all. Um, Aang is, is just like twitching. He's just like... And Katara says, it's time for you to get de-stressified. Come with me. And they um, they so go down into this these like, are cave like, with a hot spring. This little sequence of him like twitch twiddling his fingers. And that's the first time I realized like, oh, this episode is tackling anxiety. Like that's what this episode's yeah. Yeah. like theme is. It's genuinely tackling anxiety anxiety like i don't think i ever realized that in my past because i hadn't uh 
experienced it. So, (laughs) you know, being like an adult who's gone through some shit, you know, it's a lot more like, oh, okay, this is actually like, you know, another adding to the tool belt of knowledge for kids. Like, hey, you kind of sometimes this can happen and it sucks. Um, And I, I don't know. I really like that they're going that route. Yeah, absolutely. And even though the things that they try don't work for Aang, because his problem is um, literally to save the fate of the world, they're still like all good and valid options. And Yep, uh, they go through the things that you go through when uh, you take care of yourself well, at least, or you try to, you know? Right. And the first also thing, uh, before we move on, to do. yeah, what's that? Uh, we'll find out later in the episode. But it looks like Sokka's building something. What's that? Oh, anyway, yeah, uh, hmm. he's working on something. But the first thing they do try with Aang is yoga in this uh, hot spring cave, um, which is so beneficial. Like if you've never done yoga before, look into it. If you used to do it and don't do it anymore, look into getting back into it. It's honestly like people have such this this dumb like stigma around like oh sure like hippy dippy whatever yoga. It's literally just like breathing and stretching your body and like becoming centered with yourself and 100% literally everyone I know who's ever tried it says that it helps them. So uh yeah well worst case scenario you're in good shape i don't know right exactly (laughs) the worst case there's like uh, different forms of it too if you're someone who wants to like use it as a way to work out there are forms of yoga that are more centered around that like 100 percent. and you know what i'm gonna just say it if you're listening right now and you're like still yeah but it's just too much for that fuck that you could look up really easy really short yoga sessions on youtube uh, there are multiple very good teachers, but I've watched this one guy, I forget his name, and honestly, there are so many that I don't feel the need to just name one, but there's yoga that's like, literally, if you're in the worst shape of your life, me, you're still able to do this in like, you know, 15 minutes, and by the end of it, you yeah. just feel centered and calm, and yep. absolutely worth checking out if you haven't, like... If any, if you get anything out of this episode of uh, a new lens, it's do some yoga. Try yoga. <laughs> and we might say that a couple times because other things come up. Uh, do you think yeah. I have a question for you, Gavin? Do you think she made it hot springs, or do you think they found naturally hot area? Because I think they can. If she can freeze water, she can heat it up, right? Um. Well, vibrating uh, the molecules in there like a microwave. I don't. Th- I don't think. so. So I I feel like turning water into ice is more about like the constricting of the molecules, you know what I mean? And she can move yeah, them. Yeah, so, so she I think could she maybe would, turn she, it into be able to, like, a steam. Turn it into a solid but it wouldn't or be turn hot it into a gas. Steam. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, Do you think, think then that her ice a bit. isn't as cold? Like if they're hmm. in like a warm environment and she creates ice, do you think it's just for lack of better terms, dense Warm water. <laughs> dense water. Uh, yeah. I guess in my head, that's isn't that how weird it to would think work. about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which also makes sense why she so nonchalantly sometimes just covers a person in ice. Because honestly, they're not going to die if it's warm. It's just like they're stuck. 
Right, but then how would it like melt? Like how would that work? I don't know, man. That's some interesting stuff. It's crazy to think the about, right? Temperature control. But yeah, there's never I been bet an this example. Is some shit that I'll learn watching Korra. It's another one of those things. Oh, there's definitely probably. some stuff. You should watch it when we're done. With you the know. Show. Um, but uh, this doesn't really work because Aang is saying he feels really, really warm, and it reminds him of the heat of being in the Fire Lord's palace, and that the world is engulfed in flames, <laughs> and everything is. Uh, failed. So that sequence cracks me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, the like twisting, uh, like spiraling around his face to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that shot. Um, and then I love. <laughs> now this is a good thing to do. A hundred percent. Whether or not you have like a diagnosed, uh, y- you know, condition, or if you're just going through something and need to talk it out, therapy is such a fantastic resource that we have as people in a society and there's so many ways to like work it out in you know logistically good ways don't get fucking Sokka to put on his wang fire beard and therefore character to try and be your psychologist wang fire is officially a therapist but since Sokka isn't he's not actually right it's this is a bad idea and it's funny and it's one (laughs) of the few things in the show i'm like i really hope kids understand that this is telling you hey sometimes you need to talk to someone and not hey sometimes your friend can be your therapist because that's not the case yeah that's like the joke is that you know like and i do i do get nervous because like how would how do kids interpret it because it yeah you know like the joke is which i'm not sure would be come across Sokka's not the person that to do this with you know exactly yeah and i think they hit it home again later with a another punchline of it but even still i honestly saying this like thinking back I remember being a kid and genuinely, because of how movies and TV portrayed it, thinking all a therapist was, was someone sitting there going, hmm, with a notebook, while you laid on a couch and talked. And while that is very helpful, if you have no other options and you're like wait so talking to someone like my friend won't help no like that helps oh, like yeah laying down on your back and just like talking about things with anyone can be helpful but that's not all a therapist they no. don't go to school for four to eight to 12 <laughs> right. years to be able to just go hmm i'm hmm. stroking my beard you right. know like yeah or at least you hope not there are good and bad everything so sometimes i'm sure you can have a bad experience with therapist and either way yeah it's it's funny and i hope kids watching this don't think i'm gonna have my friend put a beard on yeah (laughs) because i'm feeling real anxiety why don't you try screaming into this pillow holds up one of the koala sheep (laughs) which is actually you know pretty good yeah no that's sometimes sometimes that is also uh, a good method a real Yep, and I I don't think of that uh, as a specific thing. I think of that as like, hey, sometimes this episode kind of shows you like a lot of options. Like, hey, sometimes yoga. Hey, sometimes therapy. Sometimes you need to scream into a fucking pillow. Yeah, and all of those things are things that like, yes, yes, (laughs) right. That's all I'll say is yes, yes. 
Um, well, we uh, we get away from this and see Azula like soaking her hair in this bath and getting like a royal hair combing. It's just like Christ. <laughs> I don't know. So spoiled. Um, and uh, she said, you know, she offers it to Zuko, and uh, he confronts her about the meeting. He's like, "Why was I not invited to the meeting?" And she's like, "You're the prince. I think it's probably just assumed that you should be there." He's like, "Well, why wasn't I invited then?" She's like, "You should just go. Just go. What are you talking about?" He's like, "Were you invited?" Well, of course I was. I'm the princess. It's like. Well, what the fuck is the logic there? <laughs> you know, like you got an Yeah, invite. that's one thing about this episode that I'm like, yeah. Ah. Well, that that's I feel Azula. for Zuko so hard. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely like I like to think that uh the Fire Lord was like, "Azula, tell your brother oh, to come to the probably. war meeting." Yeah, probably. And she was just like, eh, "I'm going to fuck with him." Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh before we get back to that uh, uh, storyline there's a quick check in with Toph's method which again these are like this is something you could do not this specifically but like you know some physical stuff like a massage or acupuncture or whatever yeah. can be very good Toph uh, this brutal little eight year old girl <laughs> smashing rock pillars into the back of your body uh, he's not gonna help. <laughs> he's. I think you're bruising Poor Aang, me. Just like I think this is. Yeah, that's yeah. so sad. I feel like that's like one of the first times where a uh, a blow in the show, like a hit, makes me go, "Ooh, ouch, ouch, ouchy." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. That really looks. <laughs> Ooh, ouch! And he like he like slides himself off. <laughs> it cracks. Yeah. Me. I do think this is another really awesome or, or, or really important opportunity to call out Zach Tyler Eisen again, the voice actor for Aang, because he does such an incredible job with this material that could be very, very like annoying and so true, uh, too goofy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like you feel for him in this episode and laugh at, you know, like his yeah. hey, kind of thing, right. you know? Yeah. It works, yeah. And he's a, it, it, he's a kid, right? Good. Like, most of these yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. kids are actually kids. Sometimes I know yep. uh, the reason I say that with such inquisitiveness is because often in, like, animated shows, a kid is played by an adult woman. Like, that's a very right. common... Uh, or a well, kid Azula's boy. Well, Azula's played by, like, a like a 30-year-old Grey Delisle. <laughs> um, oh, that's so true, too. Yeah. Um, because you... and And... It's because you can expect a better performance out of an adult usually than you can out of a kid. But holy crap, these kids in this show are lightning in a bottle. Just everybody is talented. Yeah. There isn't anyone who I'm like, eh, that takes away from this. Um, yeah, I was just right. going to say, too, it's one of my favorite moments in the episode when Toph just stomps her foot. We see something like a mile away go... <laughs> Yeah. And then all of a sudden she just catches a porcupine. Acupuncture. Yeah. And like the spikes stick out. I just like love imagining the porcupine's point of view. Just like chilling and then right. like all of a sudden yeah. it just gets skyrocketed and then lands perfectly in this girl's hand. Oh, thank God. You know? Yeah. It's funny, like 
the three of them, the three of his friends each try. Oh, also quick trivia. The only interesting trivia I saw on the website that we checked, the like wiki website, that porcupine is actually a baby borcupine from, you remember in Appa's Lost Days, we oh. we saw a borcupine. Uh, so that's dope. Um, that but dope. I find it interesting <laughs> that um, his three friends each try their own strategies to like help him out. And the Toph one is funny because don't have Toph do this. Like, acupuncture's good. Don't have Toph fucking stick you full of needles. 100% definitely not. She's uh, blind and has the skin of an elephant. Like, right. probably not therapy. The therapy's good. Don't have fucking Sokka take care of it, who's like overly logical and stuff. Yoga's good, and Katara did a good job. It just wasn't right for the circumstance. Yeah, you know? honestly, that was that was one of those cases. Um, where, like... Yeah, May and Zuko are back at the ho- their house, May's house. It's a nondescript location, but I'm pretty sure it's May's house. Um, and Zuko had said, you know, to Azula, I'm not going to go. And so he's here kind of staring at the royal um, meeting tower and uh, just like angry about it and um uh may's like hey maybe it's better that you don't go just think about the last time you were in a war meeting and it's like uh yeah i mean i don't know maybe not the best thing to bring up right now but she's trying to you know just like be light about it i felt the same way get a whole tray of tarts yeah i don't know i just like when she said that i felt the same way i was like ooh. Like maybe not. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe not right now. Yeah, and it doesn't work. Like she uh tries to put a hand to Zuko's face and like have him look at her and he looks for a second and then sort of forcefully looks away. Um so you know he's he's affected by this and there's something emotional going on I think he even is not uh quite sure about. But <laughs> at the end of this day of trying to help Aang out, <laughs> he says yeah, I think I kind of maybe sort of feel slightly, possibly a little bit better than I did before, maybe. And they're like, sweet, <laughs> bedtime. Yeah. I mean, Sokka is. Uh, Sokka's like, well, that's what we tried to accomplish. And then we have uh, what I think is the most sort of descriptive and revealing of the sort of dreams that he's having and and why it's so troubling yeah disturbing i got chills i wrote down all the steps of this dream uh so stop me if you want to comment on on one of them but um it starts out with him on appa flying by this giant momo trying to capture him he is suddenly moment emulating the the storm yeah absolutely very very much very very similar um, I love the glitches. Oh, like really oh. disturbing. For some reason, just strikes on nightmares really, really well. This sort of glitching yep. in front of the palace and then glitching into the palace. And then uh, Toph is in front of him and she turns around and the wind blows. Her hair moves out of her face and she has no eyes at all. Just um, skin there. Oh, my God. Oh, God. You thought... Co the face dealer was creepy. Well, Aang's oh. about to have a nightmare that's yeah. even scarier. <laughs> um, and Sokka becomes encased in rock, dude. And it's not oh, just like God. a 
oh no it's like, like a, i think i just heard him die yeah you like know? he shouts <sighs> yeah and the rock like brutally crunches. For, forms around him like crunches around him yeah oh. katara is like encased in fire ang tries to help her but he becomes frozen in ice the fire lord made out made out of like laps of fire appears behind him and like laughs and uh suddenly he plunges through this ice into like this blue and then the camera flips over and suddenly gravity has flipped over and he's under this layer of ice looking up at Zuko on top of the ice but it's Zuko from the end of season it's 1 like, in his white yes. outfit and the scars behind him this comet the ponytail yeah behind him this the uh sozin's comet comes through uh there's a quick i'm getting chills right now as you're describing this dude i'm getting like hard chills because this this dream sequence is fucking scary and real as shit this is the actual threat this is really what he's scared of yes these are the types of dreams he's having that would be a bit too much for a kid i think if it was Filled with all just this stuff, you know? You need one spooky mm-hmm. thing to be, like, to drive it home, you know? Uh, one spooky sequence. And this is it. We get the quick uh, Momo shushing. Which is kind of funny, but it's... also still pretty unsettling. In the context of the dream, it freaks me out, you know? Yeah. Um, Dude, and when the, the meteor hits, yep. and you're seeing, like, oh, beautiful landscape, and then, snap, it's just... Fire decimated just decimated yeah oh obliterated yeah like oh god ang wakes up from this and he says the nightmares are getting worse and worse um and uh Sokka's like maybe you should have another session with wang fire and i like that he like changes his voice halfway through the sentence and it's like uh, it's official now like it's yeah. wang who is a therapist right Yep. And Aang says, well, there's only one thing to do. I'm going to stay awake until the invasion. Which is just the worst idea. But I've been there, too. You know, like, when you can't get sleep, and you're like, okay, I guess I'll just... And you have a test tomorrow, and you're like, fuck it, I'll just stay up studying. Yep. And then you fuck up the test. For those of you listening who are young enough to still relate to this, don't do that. Yeah, come it's on. It's better to you get a that B on a test you're pretty prepared for than a C on one because you stayed up all night thinking it would get you that A. It's not yep. worth it. Yep. Especially if you're fighting the Fire Lord. Yeah. Uh, well, Aang is on a uh, he's on a grassy cliff uh, somewhere on this island training, and uh, Katara approaches him, and he starts saying, like, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about what I'm doing this for and who I'm doing this for. And I'm doing it for the world, but I'm also doing it for the people that I love. And she's like, well, what are you saying? I'm saying that I love you. And then uh, they kiss, and you're sort of like, holy shit, are they just, like, doing this moment right now? Oh, my it God. feels real. And then after the kiss, the way he talks is like, Oh, that's a dream. Uh, They give you a shot. that The shot of him puckered up is, okay, wait a second. What's going on? Because it's just like giant lips and like spit like dribbling out. You're my forever girl. Like, yeah, it's so bad. Oh, man. It's so bad. I love knowing now that's what he wants to say to her. 
because right. <laughs> that's his subconscious. That's so, true. so like deep down for the rest of the show, all I'll be thinking about is Aang like holding back the want baby, to say, you're "Baby, my forever you're my girl. forever girl." <laughs> oh God! But this is unsettling because. He hasn't been able to sleep because of these things, but now because of the like delirium and exhaustion, he can't escape the dreams. Like he is now yeah, daydreaming fucking... as well. So he breaks out of this daydream and Katara's standing there like, Hey, uh, what? Are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I think I was just daydreaming. She was like, About what? And he goes, Uh, living underwater? She goes, Sounds neat. <laughs> I just love the word neat in a comedic uh, comedic setting it's it, it almost always works for me neat and um may whitman nailing it may whitman nailing that yeah. little tiny comedic neat. tone in it yeah yes totally uh we get back to zuko and these guard slash servants arrive and they say everyone is waiting for you he's like uh what he's like yeah the fire lord won't start without you everyone else has arrived you're the only one missing um and so Oh, okay. I guess I'm wanted there. Uh, we get back to Aang, who's trying to train again. And here we get a callback to um, the, uh, the 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 Footloose episode. <laughs> I, that's uh, just what it's become in my mind. But when he comes home from school and has made a macaroni picture of the Fire Lord. And now that macaroni picture of the Fire Lord is pasted on a stump for him to train with. I did not notice that. Yeah. That's amazing. That I thought it was just a drawing, but like I didn't look close and realize it's it was macaroni. macaroni. Yeah, it's 100% That's... the macaroni. <laughs> oh my God, I love I that. I just love that he's kept that, you know, like, yeah, this is an art project I did. It's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I love that. This is when we get explicit, like, Aang is training on this stump and he knocks something away and it hits Sokka and Sokka's like, hey, would you, do you mind? I'm trying to build some armor for Appa. And you see this, like, arrow in a circular thing and you're like, oh, that goes on his head right over his arrow, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Get ass. And, like, with the context of Sokka having made a sword... Now we like can buy that like he has some like blacksmithing right. like, knowledge. Metal work. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, Ang hears this, and then hears another voice that we don't recognize next to him, and he looks over, and Momo's sitting there, and Momo speaks, and Momo's like, "I think you're starting to lose it, buddy. Um, you're just a few plums short of a fruit pie," <laughs> which I don't know. I I just love that line for some reason. Um, and this. This is what Momo would sound like if he talked. I like, oh, yes, yes. Like, I like knowing now, because even though it's all in Aang's head, Aang knows, you know? Aang knows. knows, yeah. He knows what, what he'd sound like, obviously. And this is D. Bradley Baker, by the way. As well as, uh, as everyone notices him, like, chuff-talking to, like... <laughs> like which again zach tyler eisen pulled off very well could have been really hokey but was really funny um and he's talking to momo in this way and the gang approaches him and they one by one are like hey you need to sleep like we're worried about you and then 
it goes over to Appa, who is standing on his hind legs, and he's like, Aang, you've got to take care of yourself. And then I love, there's like that moment, and then it cuts to a wide shot of everyone, and Appa's still standing next to them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Appa and Momo start arguing, and they have this, and I like to think that, like, because... Uh, Sokka just pointed out that he's building armor for Appa. His next hallucination daydream has Appa in samurai armor. Like, yes. Uh, and Momo as this like stylized, like it all looks very anime, but even more like sort of cartoonish. Uh, this like sort of solo, you know, just in a kimono with a, a uh, what do you call it? A samurai sword. Uh, katana? Katana. Yes. I was trying to think um, of the name and you got it. Uh and they have this epic battle. Um which is actually dope. Like it is really dope, yeah. Appa pulling out multiple swords and then doing a tornado move. Not only is so like, cool. oh, that's pretty cool to think about, but also it makes sense because he's an airbending bison, so he would right. probably be able to do like some kind of tornado move. I mean, and he's got six that, legs, so he's standing on two of them. Probably wouldn't, the you know. But still, it's just yeah, it's yeah. fucking awesome. And Momo just ting 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 ting. Right. And then uh, Guru Patik comes in with the like uh, Hindi multiple arms, like cross-legged pose, and just chakras, chakras. Everyone has chakras, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> just goofy. Um, and you know, stuff on Ang's mind. The rocks, I think, are just there for flavor. <laughs> you know, there's like yeah, I mean, do like, I always try to think like what is this of mean? rocks? But yeah, it, it just it, freaks yeah. me out, honestly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the stump with the Fire Lord's face starts like dancing, and we see this scene of everything going on in in his head, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and we just leave it there. We go over to yeah, doesn't Zuko, he go leaving? Doesn't the, he go? Oh, I need to jump in a cold waterfall. <laughs> Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Of all, like that's um, the speci- specifically. Like, I need to jump in a cold waterfall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but then we cut over to Zuko leaving, and and this is the last sort of check in with Zuko. Um, he's leaving this this war meeting with uh his father, and he's just commenting to May, who waited outside for him, how strange it was. Everyone welcomed him everyone was happy to see him his father had saved him a seat at his right hand he was literally at his father the fire lord's right hand and he said while he was in there he was the perfect prince he was you know polite and regal and uh he was a perfect prince but he was not himself and just I don't know. So potent, it feels like that moment of recognition where you're deal. like, this yes. doesn't feel right. It's, to me, the first time, because, like, we've been seeing him just finally starting to realize the things that, because, like, before when he had that, like, little uh, shift, and he was, like, good for a couple episodes, he yeah. still didn't know himself. And this season yeah, is right. about him knowing himself, realizing his anger. I'm yeah. angry at myself. Like, that was a realization. And then this, realizing that right. this isn't me. Like, I don't know what is me, but I know that that wasn't 
just such a big realization to have. Yeah. And I think that the season just does it so delicately, you know? You can almost forget that he's progressing so absolutely with such broad steps, like big progressions here, you know? Yeah, for sure. We get back to Aang, who is sort of wandering back in the night. He parts through this fog and finds these rocks that are flat on top, covered with a bunch of like for like fluffy white stuff. He's like, "Oh my god, uh, is this a bed of clouds? Like this must be another daydream." And then through the fog, Katara says, "No, uh, we made this for you. Actually, we spent it. It's a bed. We spent hours working on it." And you, they pan over, and there's like all the shaved koala sheep next to him. I, I feel bad. That. Yeah, I feel Poor bad. Guys, but also, they have to like huddle together. Hilarious. Um, yeah. And the the first shot, the establishing thing of like these sleeping sheep, like you know, elements of sleeping, and their wool is what's going to allow him to sleep. And I just love that uh, he's well, he's against it at first he's like no you don't understand like i need to keep training until the invasion and what really he needed all along which the gang has been failing to give him in a way that i feel like makes sense like they just didn't understand this is what he needed is just to tell him that he's ready like to Mm -hmm. give him affirmation that what he is worrying about is not it, it is not necessary to worry as much as he is because he is ready. What he's worried about is something that is not going to is going to go wrong and he's not ready. But they say you are smart Brings me and back. brave and strong enough. You are ready. Brings me back to the tales of Ba Sing Se hmm. when Iroh uh, told the thief. Yeah. Um, while believing in yourself is very important. Right. Uh, the... I forgot the exact quote, but the belief yeah. from a str- from another person mm-hmm. is everything. That can be all you need, just that little push from another person, right. you know? Yeah, exactly. And I love this final dream. He shows up, and it's a little more realistic on both their sides. It's still, like... To me, you know, I think anime, they're referencing but... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, interesting. I don't think you've... The Have you seen that yet? Styles? I haven't yet. His hairstyle... And the sword and the way he, like, leads into the room with yeah. the sword, like, kind of sure. dives through the doorway with it. Very Crouching Tiger. All right. I, I mean, I know I have to see that, so I'm not going to say I'll add it to my you list. fucking have to, man. It's been so on cool. the list. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Fire Lord tries to say, you're not wearing pants again. And he says, no. You're not wearing pants. <laughs> and he looks down. And I love the line the Fire Lord says, My royal parts! <laughs> <laughs> I rewound and had to re-listen oh to it because it made really? me like, guffaw. I was like, huh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, my royal parts! Like, I don't yeah. know. It, Mark Hamill saying that. Like, right. <laughs> But yeah, then we get this last shot of Aang uh, happily asleep on this bed. His friends uh, supported him by making and uh, <laughs> finally getting some sleep before the invasion, which will be the next episode. Holy shit. But before that, we got to talk about a kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week. Uh, 
this is a very lighthearted episode. Lots of silly stuff happens. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think Appa versus Momo. No. It's got to be. It's either that or Wang Fire's return. Wang Fire's return. Okay. Is if good. you agree with, but there's just something funny to me about the idea that Sokka didn't come up with a new yeah. psychiatrist character. Right. He realized. Wait a second. Wang Fire is a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. That cracks me up. Right. But I think Oppo versus Momo, that whole thing, the whole sequence is just. Once you see Momo with like the bun. <laughs> And the kimono, yeah. There is just it's over. Like it's, it's so perfect. funny. All right. Well, kid moment of the week goes to Appa and Momo dream sequence talking for the first time in the show, but still voiced by the same actor. God love D. Bradley Baker. Very talented. That's pretty impressive. Uh God love you as well, if you believe in God, or you know, like, you know, you we love you. How about that? We love you for listening. Um, thank you for supporting the show and uh, checking it out. Let your friends know if you know they think you, you think they'd be interested. Um, if you're looking for some other content, uh, we've also got an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's called Legendary Four Adventures: Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Uh, that can be found, as well as all these episodes, on legendary4.com. There's comment sections on every episode. Feel free to reach out to us. You can also reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at New Lens Pod. Thank you to Sofina Sago for our podcast art. Uh, if you're able to and you feel, you know, like financially you're, you you can afford to, like, you know, lend some lend some hands uh, check out that list of uh, places that you can donate to the Black Lives Matter movement and the featured link. If, uh, you know, a huge list makes you overwhelmed, I try and isolate one that I'm donating to uh, weekly and switch it up. So uh, check that out if you want to, you know, continue to do that. You can always check on the updated featured link to donate to. Um, always feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I? I can't think. I don't, I don't think so. In that case, I am Calvin. And I'm Gary. And this has been A New Lens. And guess what? You're not wearing any pants. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>